money, I count money, I count money, I swear in a hundred. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good day, folks. My name is Noah Tarno, and you are listening to I Don't Get It. This is the pop culture Get Off My Lawn cast, the only podcast that features the hopefully open-minded musings of two mid to late 40s curmudgeons bravely, boldly staring down the prospect of their entertainment irrelevance. I am Noah Tarno. I am the founder and the senior quiz master of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show spectacular. Hello, and joining me here, as always, as is happening every week, what is your name, sir? Um, is it true, by the way, that pause you put in there is actually the legal copyright of when you do announce the big quiz thing? You have to exactly. say exactly. We have a tri- we have a re- little R symbol next to next to the silent pause. Yeah, yeah. You, so you, you got to count. It's like a, a two Mississippi right. before you say the, the trivia. Right. Exactly. Quiz show. Well, yeah. it, basically, everyone who pauses for exactly three point two seconds owes us money. So that's how I made oh, my fortune. Oh, it's that's binding. How I made my, right. I trademarked that. I'm going to trademark the alphabet. Yeah, um, I got all sorts of schemes. You know, my my uh, my grandfather invented the semicolon, and he got yes. he got fucked by the co-investors. So uh, in the beginning, so he was essentially forced out of big semicolon, which means my family just you know went on like nothing happened after right. that. I I you know the older I get, the harder it is to force things out of big semicolon. But uh, you know I'm seeing oh. my doctor about that. So and, hey yo, bing. and my name is Bill Scurry. I'm the founder and proprietor of something called American Caesar Enterprises. Noah, do, are you curious what we do? What the I always want to know what that company's all about. Tell me, Bill. I'm, tell the I'm going. I'm going to pull back the scrim. I'm going to open the lid and tell. I'm gonna I'm gonna let it all out. Everyone's gonna know finally. Yep. So what American Caesar Enterprises is is a chandlery specializing in whaling sloops. That's a word? Chandlery? Chandlery. A chandlery. Chandlery. Oh, yeah. someone who makes candles. Uh, no, isn't that a, 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 a... I thought that was a boat ride. A, a, a chandler makes candles. Oh, I've right? seen it written on boats. So I'm thinking of a boat right? Is that what we are? A boat right builds boats. Yes, that's I thought a chandler makes candles. Is that so? It's a city okay. in Arizona. Uh-huh. Uh, Chandler, occupation, originally head of the medieval household office responsible for candles, now a person who makes or sells candles. Ah, okay. But there's also a ship Chandler, a dealer in supplies or equipment That's... for ship, chips, for ships. No, dealer in supplies or equipment for the crew that filmed the 70s action TV show Chips. Yeah. Um, so, so we're both right. I was so excited when I moved to California the first time I saw chips riding down the highway on motorcycles. Right. And That's it, wasn't, called, it wasn't Ponch and John, though. It's the elite Estrada uh, force, yeah, you know? The, yeah. the elite Estrada. By the way, do, do, oh, you, can, you know Eric Estrada. Can you name the other actor, the blonde actor? Larry Wilcox. Do you know, I recently, I've become friends with a dude on Twitter. He's another podcaster. I mean, I'm, I should say acquaintances, but he has become... Uh, kind of like a little bit of a half partner with John Schneider, who has been a gigantic right. Broadway. I like I would not have put the two yeah, of those things he was, together. He but was a big Broadway guy. He was also uh, he was the dad on Smallville. He probably did that yes, for twelve seasons. That's true. John, John those who don't know, John Schneider was best known. He was Bo on the Dukes of Hazard. Beauregard Hazard, yeah. Which was you know Beauregard uh, Duke. Sorry, Beauregard Duke. Yes. Right. So the the so those you don't know, Bill and I our age, and we were very young. The two like. Big action shows on TV were chips about California highway police, these, you know, highway, the adventures of cops in California, you know, honest, tough, handsome cops. And then the Dukes of Hazard was, they were just the good old boys, Bill. 
and they were uh, they were just they were troublemakers down in Georgia, right? Yeah. It was Georgia, Hazard County, Georgia. Hazard County, Georgia. Yeah. Yeehaw! And man, you're not going to have heroes driving a car with a big uh, Confederate flag on it anymore. That's a tough one and, to get by. It, well, in, the, in those days, it was uh, those days we called it magic. Anyway, um, so we're off topic here. So, folks, what's this podcast about? We don't talk about stuff from the '70s or the '80s unless it's Kate Bush. Uh, and we had a good reason for that. We look at something that's hot, new, happening in our culture or in our society, and we try to make sense of it with our cobwebbed brains. Uh, by the way, Bill, this is going to be the last episode for a year in which we are of different ages. Next oh, time we true. record, I will have joined you in the realm of being 47. It's a, it's so. a great conjunction. I forget about that. It's true. And a great conjunction. Um, anyway, so today's topic, we are talking about hashtag gentle minions but first let's scope out a little and talk about a movie that is currently playing in movie theaters called minions the rise of Gru. now this is the new animated picture from illumination and it's not from pixar or dreamworks people people forget about illumination but illumination is the the animation studio owned run by universal nbc universal um and uh, Minions, The Rise of Gru is the story of uh, the rise of 90s Baltimore hip-hop group Gru Hill, known for <laughs> hits including How Deep Is Your Love. And, oh, I'm sorry. Members include Drew Cisco. Hill. Yes, yes. Cisco, right. Thong song guy. No, that was Drew Hill. No. Uh, Minions, The Rise of Gru is the fifth film in the, dis- in the D, in the, in the Despicable Me film series. Uh, this is a prequel to... Despicable Me, which first came out in 2010, but it is a follow-up to the to Minions, which was it's okay. So this is a sequel to a prequel. This is does everything need a prequel, Bill? Does every freaking movie? We would, uh, what are we gonna we, get a prequel we, to Twelve Angry Men now? Like we would every be movie lost, needs a prequel. We would be lost if we didn't know the origin story. The pre, not the origin story because I believe the Minions movie actually did tell us the origin of the Minions. But this but we, is a prequel, a sequel to a prequel, is what I'm saying. Yes, which there, yes. That's, there's actually a term. There's a portmanteau for that. Uh, a, a what? A quoll? What is it? Per circle? I don't know. I'm just making that up. Yeah, anyway, the point is, like, every movie needs a prequel. And, like, I was trying to think, like, what's the most ridiculous movie to say, does this need a prequel? And I was looking at lists of, like, the biggest movies ever, and half of them have had prequels already. Like, The Wizard of Oz had a prequel. Wasn't there a prequel to The Godfather? Didn't no. they do something like the, the rise they, of Don Corleone? They wanted to, but no, they they, they quite never yeah. have. Yeah. Anyway, every movie is going to get a prequel eventually, and it's just it's freaking ridiculous. So, uh, this movie was supposed to come out two years ago. It was delayed by COVID, but it debuted in uh, the United States on July first. So last weekend, I guess uh, the film has grossed two hundred fifty-eight dollars world. Sorry, two hundred fifty-eight million dollars worldwide. At least two hundred fifty-eight dollars. $258 million. That was like the budget for like jelly donuts in one department working on this movie. Uh, $258 million worldwide, making it the ninth highest grossing film of 2022 so far. It doesn't sound that great to me. The, the year is only six months in. A big budget movie, only ninth highest? That well, we're, we're getting off the schneid of last year. We still haven't quite shaken off the, um, you know, Batman started off the year. And uh, we're still putting the blockbuster pieces together, I think, is what it uh, well, is. Next, next year will be more representative of the, of the what point is, happened. 
people seem happy with the people who made this movie seem happy with how it's turning out. So here are the stats: ninth highest grossing film of 2022, highest grossing animated film of 2022, and it had the biggest opening ever for an Independence Day weekend with 125 million dollars. Now that seems like a bullshit stat to me, because you know when we were kids, Independence Day weekend movies were like 35 cents. Now they're like 82 dollars. So like every year, the, <laughs> so the, the number one right. Every year, the number one movie of Independence Day weekend is going to have the biggest. Def- I mean, they got to adjust this stuff for inflation, right? Someone does, get- but that's but that's not the figure you're that's giving. Not you're not the giving stat that I'm reading, right? And like, apparently, if you adjust for inflation, like Gone with the Wind is still the highest grossing movie ever, right? Something like that. Okay. Anyway, whatever. So the movie's a hit. Now we're not. Our topic today is not directly the movie. It is this phenomenon that has arisen. Uh, in accordance with the movie, as I mentioned, hashtag gentle minions. So if you go see this movie at a movie theater, you might see legions, flotillas of young men wearing formal suits, probably the one suit they own, uh, going to the movie together. Maybe they are carrying bananas. They are sitting and steepling their fingers like apparently Gru does. I know I've seen Minions. We, we talked about it for this show a few years ago. I have no memory of it. I've never seen any of the Despicable Me movies. I'm not going to watch them. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, maybe being a little rowdy in the theaters. It is this social phenomenon where young men wear suits and go en masse to see uh, this movie, Minions, The Rise of Gru, and they make videos of it, put it on TikTok, pictures they put on Twitter, Instagram, and they use the hashtag gentle minions, a portmanteau of minions and gentlemen. As far as it could be discerned, this started with an 18-year-old kid named Bill Hurst in Sydney, Australia. Now, the movie uh, came out earlier in Australia, June 23rd, so they had a jump on the phenomenon. Bill and his friends had just been at their formal prom or whatever they call it in Australia, their, their didgeridoo thing, whatever. And they said, let's all wear our suits. It'll be funny. They go all together. They run into another group of kids wearing suits. So I don't know what that's about. I read something that said, like, some of this is a play on a viral phenomenon that surrounded going to see the Joker movie three years ago or whatever. I don't know. And Bill made a video of this, a whole bunch of them going up an escalator in their suits. He put it on TikTok, his first ever TikTok post. And overnight it went viral. By the time you woke up, uh, it had 6 million views. And that went viral worldwide. And now the hashtag Gentle Minions has accrued 5 million views on TikTok. Uh, most of these videos are uh, soundtracked by a song called Rich Minion by a YouTube-spawned ra- act- actor. rapper. He'll be an actor soon. Uh, a rapper named Yeet, Y-E-A-T. That's a terrible name. Um he was hired to basically make the Minion theme. So he wrote a song called Rich Minion that has the great quote, the very original hip-hop quote, I count the money, I count the money. So the phenomenon involves they show up in suits, they steeple their fingers, they dance in the aisles, uh, they carry the bananas, they see the big mascots, you know, actual people in mascot suits at some of these theaters or the big cardboard cutouts, and they bow to these things as if they're worshiping them. Uh, it was picked up by that god of YouTube viral stunts, Mr. Beast, former topic of ours. He bought out a movie theater and brought in hundreds of people in suits to go all go see the movie together and made a video of it. Of course, that has 8 billion views, I'm sure. Uh, and Universal Pictures, you know, which released the movie, 
they uh, they have shown support for this. They tweeted. Slate article said this is the perfect way for a company to to uh, to co-opt viral trends surrounding its movies. Their tweet just read to everyone showing up in min- to minions in suits. We see you. We love you. And that was a good way of kind of supporting it without acting like, hey, kids, what's up? Uh, and the result is Universal's very happy because 34% of the audience for opening weekend, it's been estimated, were between the ages of 13 and 17. And that's odd because this is really a movie for kids. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter says that, by contrast, the last Despicable Me movie, Despicable Me 3, had 8% of the audience was in that age group. So... They're happy about this. Now, here's the problem, Bill. There's always a problem. These kids are causing a disruption. They're moshing in the aisles. They're throwing bananas at the screen. Apparently, but, but, uh, the minions like bananas, right? That's the thing. They, 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 one of their little, their little uh, phonics is banana. Banana. They're pushing in giant carts of bananas. Uh, the only movie theater in Guernsey, an island in the English Channel, has uh, had to cancel screenings of the movie, blaming, quote, stunningly bad behavior, including vandalism, throwing objects, and abusing staff. Several cinemas, which is what they call movie theaters in the UK, have banned groups of people wearing suits. Someone went viral with a TikTok video of kids sneaking in suits. They were wearing, like, sweats over the suits, and they made a video of once they were seated in the theater, they took the sweats off, and they are wearing the suits. Uh, there's a video of a big crowd of kids in suits getting kicked out of a movie theater in Dallas and little kids crying because they went to see Minions and they couldn't see it because kids were screaming and yelling and the screening was canceled. So, Bill, I gave a lot of detail there, man. I was prepared today. You were, man. Hats off uh, to you. Thank you. He'll, he'll edit out most of that, I'm sure. What do you think of the hashtag gentle Minions trend? Well, I mean, it's a it's a little hard to scroot, right? It's a little inscrutable as these things go. Hard to scroot, yes. Yeah, yes. Uh, and you I'm think, feeling yeah. very combobulated this morning. You would think that somehow the word in, the word inscrutable would somehow get back down to the verb of scrooting something. You know, it just it would have to be, even well, though it's archaic, we don't use it that way. No one's tracted. No mm-hmm. one's combobulated. Yes. Like the English language has a lot of these things. Just like when is something uh, when something is untoward, it means this is not toward. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's that's not the point. We're back to the grammar cast. Folks. It makes it makes as much sense uh, as whatever this whatever this thing is. I don't know if it's a combination of um, irony. Uh, for what it's worth, by the way, I have to imagine that the actual amount of instances that that are attributed to rattiness have to be. F- oh, absolutely. It's got to be a tiny customer. minority. I yeah, I yeah. 100% agree. As, yeah. I, as don't, anybody, I don't buy it. 95%, I'm sure, is fine. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, it's like people have snatched on the story from Guernsey and, you know. Yeah. Like, if that's I, the best example you can find fucking, I thought Guernsey didn't exist anymore. I thought it was a medieval place. That's the best example you can of, find. You think of Brigadoon? It's a castle that shows <laughs> exactly. up every now and they, then? They had to cancel movie screenings at Brigadoon and uh, the Lost Temple of the Incas. So, <laughs> yeah, Machu Picchu, uh, UA Machu- cinemas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's built on a Toltec city somewhere. Yes. This is uh, yeah. the first. The well, first... it's cursed. So, of course, the movie screen is going to be canceled. Right. The movies, uh, the, the, the prophecy was that the movies yeah. wouldn't go beyond uh, yes. 12 p.m. Yeah. each night. Yeah, okay. But um, I, I think that some of this is uh, based on irony. Some of this is based on Gestalt, obviously. Um, you know, what is worth noting, I think, is that stat you quoted about the age of the demo. The demo 
bracket in terms of how young some of these people are. Not young in terms of, I said they're, they're young for us, but they're old considering what the target is. Right. And yet, if you do the math and sort of reverse engineer five years from a 16-year-old kid, that means they were 11 when the last uh, Minion movie came they out. They grew up with Minions. They, they grew, grew up, up with, with Minions. Despicable Me. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, you think of it, part of it is that we, uh, I mean, I, I, if I will recapitulate a little bit of my review for the, for the Minions movie that we watched, which is I... I think it's insipid. It's like it's we did the Trolls movie, too. And honestly, maybe there's a difference between the two of those things. But I think that they really kind of washed out. And, and I'm not really I'm not trying to bring up He-Man or G.I. Joe, or the toy commercials I watched as a kid as somehow being paragons of entertainment. But it was really, um, you know, it was really cynical stuff when you make the Trolls thing. And it's just, you know, each troll sings a song and they exhibit some sort of bad behavior or something goopy and and the minions you know they're just little shapes that make noises and fall over you know and they have butts that pop out of their pants every now and then and and do they uh, do they fart or is there a lot of fart jokes i don't remember. i think there's some there's got to be a, there's got to okay. be a few but mostly it's the running gag of whatever the little noises that the, that they make they're, they're incomprehensible gibberish which is which is the director himself pierre uh, i forget pierre borel i don't know what his name is um Pierre Boulle, author Pierre of Boulle. the original Planet of the Apes novel. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, Pierre, and, Pierre Trudeau. Pierre Trudeau. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pierre Turgeon, former center for the yeah. Buffalo Sabres in Long Island. Exactly, uh, yeah. exactly. Pierre, South Dakota, yeah. So they, they um, you know, like these kids grew up with it. It has been a, a gap. This, like Top Gun, uh, Maverick, is a movie that was completed and shelved, and the idea is we're going to save this for a rainy day. So it was made in one headspace and it's being released in another. Uh, you know, and Top Gun turns out to be the big hit of the year, which I don't think too many people would have uh, realized that. And by the way, the reason why we didn't cover Top Gun Maverick is because I don't watch Tom Cruise movies. It was bona fide topic bait for us, for sure. I, it didn't even occur to me, man. Well, I... I, I hate think, Tom Cruise. I, 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 yeah. I like Tom Cruise when he plays an asshole. And that's all he plays. He that's was good he in Rain Man. He was good in Magnolia. He was good in Tropic Thunder. But when he plays a hero or a guy I'm supposed to like, I don't believe it for a second. No. Anyway, but the, the, yeah. you know, so the the Minions movie now, Rise of Group, Groot, whatever, Glutes. Rise, rise of, of Gloop. It's, the it's, rise a, of, it's a prequel about uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. I was, was going to say The Rise of Cloot uh, about uh, Jane, <laughs> Jane Fonda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Go look that one up, kids. You'll all love right. what you'll yeah. love what find. Good one, um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, but I think that there's something else to all this. Part of this is like, you know, the TikTok thing also, I think, is part of the ultraviolet light, the non-visible spectrum of what's going on here in terms of everybody, again, dealing with a social media trend that comes up on this media, this social media venue that neither of us are really watching on a regular, I'm not, I should say. I don't really check. I don't have a presence on it. I barely no. look into it. And nor can I look at the way the little fever graph moves through TikTok and how it behaves every day and what's popular and how things move, uh, that sort of thing. And, you know, without TikTok, you don't have gentle minions. Uh, it's plain as day. That's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's and I, I use the inscrutable thing to bring it back to the top because this is just, this is something that's designed to befuddle us and it is working. Congratulations. This is something where I understand neither the, the charm of the minions. I get that they exist on Earth. We looked into it. <laughs> <laughs> Nor do I ever understand what the impulse would be to put on a men's warehouse prom suit that my mom bought for me in a suburb of Dallas and go to the movie theater dressed in it, doing a lot of like swag pictures up front where, you know, you and the crew dip and they're doing all these like, you know, 
a gang sign question, you know, photos shot from a low angle of, of the crew all like, you know, posing like they're madmen, you know, going, uh, uh, stepping up to the theater. So it's it's a little hard to read. And, uh, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it as it goes along. But what, what did you think of this? Well, yeah, I want to, I think that's all true. I want to reiterate what you said. I, I do think it's, I wouldn't say media hysteria because there are way more accurate examples of that. But I bet the vast majority of this is fine. I mean, I'm not happy if some kids are, you know, keeping little kids from enjoying themselves or certainly not happy if they're harassing movie theater workers because that that was never an easy job and it's a much harder job post-COVID. So they do not deserve that. You know, there are videos of them trashing the theaters and all that. But again, I, I think that's got to be a minority. And frankly, I uh, I have an incident that happened several years ago. I was in New York, and I was with our, our friend Aaron Grunfeld, listener of the show, and we went to see Spider-Man Home of the Brave. I don't know. All the Spider-Man movies are home something. And we get there, and we're about to go in the theater, and there's a bunch of kids, like teenagers. They look like they were like camp counselors, like on a field trip, but just the counselors. But they were young. They were like teens. And they're going to see Spider-Man, and they're being rowdy and making noise. They're like, oh, fuck, they're going to ruin the movie. And it was the exact opposite. They were so into the movie. They were cheering at the right parts. They were booing at the right parts. Uh, I don't want to give too much away. That's the one where there's, you know, Michael Keaton's a villain, and there's a twist you find out about the villain. And when that twist is revealed, they all went, oh! And it, like, we, we looked at each other. We're like, well, now we're glad these kids are here because they're adding to the experience, right? So I'm going to be optimistic and think in some of these cases, having these kids there really enjoying themselves adds to the experience. But that's uh, let's put that aside. Uh, I don't get the joke. I what's the joke here? Yeah, I think that's the pithy like, way to put it. Really, wearing suits is throwing banana. Like I just what's the joke here? But that's fine, as you said. It's not for us, and I really think this is some innocent fun assuming the harassment isn't really bad, you know? I mean, I did stuff like this when I was a kid, you know? Uh, we would go into, there was, I don't even remember what it was, but, like, go into, like, the little spa massage parlor downtown and, like, ask some ridiculous question and run out. I don't even remember what the question was, but it was, like, if you want to get in the club, you got to ask that ridiculous question kind of thing. Like, we would do stunts like that. But here's the difference, at most, that thing would spread around our middle school in suburban New Jersey. Now you have this stupid shit being written up in the New York Times. This becomes <laughs> culture. This is dumb shit that kids have done since time immemorial. Kids have always done dumb stunts that adults don't get that really aren't that funny when you step back. That are, you know, as, as insubstantial as, as cotton candy. But now it's written up in Variety, the New York Times. I mean, there was no shortage of articles about this. And everyone in the world knows about this. This kind of sucks because this becomes, I'm not going to say it becomes culture because I doubt people are still going to be writing about this in two weeks, three weeks, five days, you know. But I don't like that this stuff gets treated like news, gets treated like culture, even temporarily. I mean, I guess you could say this is a get off my lawn moment, you know, go back to the 40s or 50s or even later. And you have people going, why are they writing about television? Television is insubstantial. No one should pay a second thought to television, which, you know, we all laugh at now. And I think history is, you know, when I was in college and I studied pop culture, people laughed at me. I was the stupidest thing to study. Meanwhile, it's what our entire world runs on now, for better or for worse. It's our biggest export. 
Well, it's also how our world. I mean, this is what I've said. It was literally more important for kids to learn how to watch TV than how to than how to read. Certainly more how to read a newspaper. No one processes the world through newspapers anymore, or at least no young people do. But I don't think I'm going to be proved wrong about this. I mean, yes, you need to understand TikTok and TikTok trends. But if we're talking about this specific one, it's so insubstantial. And I just don't like that it gets treated as substantial. But hey, you know, they need the clicks and this is what people are clicking on. And then when we got to the top, we actually saw another group in suits. Bill Hurst from Sydney, Australia is the 18-year-old behind the Gentle Minions trend. We had our end of year formal, so all our suits were prepared. Had them in the closet, we just chucked them back on and just went to the cinemas. Noah, why the hell is this stupid-ass dumb thing popular? Well, there's like I said, you know, when kids, especially boys, you know, want to do stunts, and like you said, they grew up with Minions, they grew up with Despicable Me, so even though they're 16, 17, 18, whatever now, you know, it, it's part of them, the way G.I. Joe and He-Man and Star Wars are part of us, although Star Wars is part of them too. Um, so they have this kind of deep love for it, so it, it touches a nerve with them. Uh, you know, I mean, who knows in Texas, they, they never took the pandemic seriously, but I'm, I'm generalizing, but you know, people want to get back out there, do stuff together, do stuff as groups, go to the movies. Uh, it's summertime. So there's that feeling of, you know, Hey, let's have an adventure, right? Hanging out with your friends and especially hanging out with your male friends. There's something to be said for male camaraderie. It does not have to be toxic folks. In fact, male healthy male camaraderie is the best fucking thing in the world. I will say, uh, well, not the best thing, but it's way up there for me. Um, wearing suits is fun, especially, you know, considering how rarely these kids probably wear suits. Posing for pictures like that is fun. They look good. So it's a fun little adventure. I'd love to do it. Well, we'll get to that in a minute, but it's a fun little adventure, being part of something bigger than you, even though it's stupid. But when you're a kid, you don't care that it's stupid. It's still something, you know, running into the massage parlor and saying something wacky was fun. And it, you know, like we said, you get into the club kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, it's it touches a nerve of camaraderie, adventure, harmless fun, laughing, and they probably are enjoying the movie anyway, you know? I mean, if only on a nostalgia level. I have so, all yeah. those things written in my notes. Yeah, this is... Thank like, you. Let, let's, let's be fair. This is meaningless Dadaism. You know, like, in terms of the well, the, the, the random ciphers, yeah. the suit, the, the whole thing, the, the group of guys, the, the weird... All this stuff are just, like, strange signifiers that look like they were just pulled out of the air and turned into a trend ran at random. Uh, which is fine. People love meaningless. Meaningless Dadaism has fueled so many things from the cinnamon challenge to all this stupid bullshit. It's like, why would you do any of these things, honestly? So, and let's not forget that TikTok allows you to deal yourself into the gestalt game that everyone's playing in real life. Uh, quite literally, we the, 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 the stunt, the purview of the stunt, which is the teenage boy's way of interacting with the universe is this, this stupid stunt of one thing or another whether it's trying to steal a pack of Philly's Blunt's cigars as some of my friends tried to do back in the you know the early 90s you know or simply showing up as a wall of guys wearing your prom suit your formal suit um, you know it's it's a group thing and like that impulse has been in middle class Americans especially boys not that girls aren't doing this too but there's just really something teenage and adolescent about showing up and doing something random. Who knows? Occasionally, right. it, it turns into weird roughhousing and, and antisocial behavior, but it starts out like this. Um, yeah, and, and of course, 
the other little bow on this is that there is genuine enthusiasm for the movie, which this goes back to, you know, why does the Times write about this? Is because the movie performed very well, you know. And not only that, but this movie comes out from Illumination, the the French uh, studio, which was bought by NBC Universal because it was they're they're French, really. Yeah, yeah, they're French. They were started off in in France. Yeah, I mean, I think they're still French. Maybe they moved to. I forget where they're doing their animation these days. Once once you're French, you're always French, my friend. Um, Maybe you know, like Pixar a couple of weeks ago dropped a um, another that that Toy Story sort of sidequel called uh, Lightyear, which people were sort of scratching their heads what the hell this thing was. Isn't that a prequel? It's the rise of Buzz Lightyear, right? Or no, it's a no. It's I thought it was a prequel. That's the thing. No one could quite figure out what it was. It was the next pick. It was the big two thousand. It's a Buzz Lightyear solo movie, then, right? No, it's not. It's that's the thing. People don't know what it's. It is the movie. That the toy of Buzz Lightyear was based on, but it's not. It's not Tim Allen. It's Chris Evans as an astronaut warrior in the future named Buzz Lightyear. This is the what? movie that. This is the movie that the kid Andy. The post. Is, I'm looking at the poster. It's a picture of Buzz Lightyear. It is, but it's not the the the, 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 the what is it the uh, Tom uh, no Tim Allen character serves as an origin story for the character Buzz Lightyear. The character Buzz Lightyear. Not the doll that was played in the movies that you only know from the Toy Story movies. It's it's the franchise thing that the toy was made off of that Andy bought in the in the series. You see, this is what I'm saying. It's not important. Oh, that's really... fucking confusing. So it is. it's not about. So, uh, that's right. So in Toy Story, you're looking at a toy called Buzz Lightyear. Correct. So this is not about the origin of the toy. Correct. It's the origin of a fictional character called Buzz Lightyear. That in the world of Toy Story, someone made a toy of that fictional character, and you that toy is what Andy got, got and had wacky misadventures with Woody and and the and the little aliens and, and yep. all that. Okay. You got it, my friend. You got it. It's exactly. See, what it is. I figured this out. You don't need to have the Crisis on Infinite Earths. I figured this shit out when I was <laughs> but, seven. But that's my point: is that Pixar dropped this movie out. Which has done. Yeah. It, it was it was a lot of crafts, but it turned out to be not nearly as as compelling because it has this really tortured backstory, and it it looks like a, a, in in a strange way it loses the thread of something Pixar was able to do very easily, which is create effortless animated entertainment. This is a part of effortless. their right well, effort. What, you really think it's effortless? No, it looks it looks effortless. It Things looks effortless. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It looks effortless. Those animators kill themselves, dude. <laughs> But you cannot stop the drift. Imagine you're 16 years old right now. And someone said, hey, Bill, let's put our suits on and go see Minions, The Rise of Drew Hill. Being the world's biggest thong song karaoke superstar, would you go see it? Uh, would you go be part of the would you grab your banana and head out to the theater you know what I think that I would mishear it I would put on a suit and the next thing I know I would I would be making up a minion during the holy days or something like that (laughs) that's what I think you need need a few more guys for that well they 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 have enough for a minion that's what I'm saying I'd I'd screw this up somehow it's a a Jew joke folks Uh, but I have been interested you know the whole thing about you said about the stunt actually the, the whole walking in and asking a stupid question we did that too that is the that is the most benign of dumb things that somehow. I don't think it's benign. I I mean, it's mo- the most benign. It's the most relatively benign. benign. But relatively if you worked benign. at that place, you would want to 
throttle yes. every kid who walked in. I, I want to anyway, but it's like that's the thing. That, that's as much as I was. I didn't get into shenanigans and hijinks and, and breaking shit and stealing shit. You know, like that. That is the most I could feel like. Of yes. being, oh my god! We're Compared being to disobedient. robbing the massage parlor, it's pretty benign. We're being disobedient. Look at us. Yes. Man. We're we're, yeah. we're naughty. Look at that. Yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, I I could see doing that per se, but. The thing is, it's like you're still going to wind up going to the movies to see this film, which I don't think I would do. You know, I, I've never. Yeah, but it's, come on. But th- like you said, you grew up with it. You would have grown up with freaking Gru and all the all those guys. That's well, you know, you got to buy. That's the, you, you have to posit that you got to buy into that. Would right. we have loved the Minions? I, the Minions aren't the Muppets, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like our version of this. Yeah, but you don't know any better. Because the minions uh, were always there, like the Muppets were always there for us. Yeah. In this scenario, I guess so. I think you're. I think you're. You're. It's, you're it's, giving it's a, your childhood self too much credit. Well, I mean, look, we we had we had cartoons that were you know that performed somehow on a more uh, the media level of what Bugs Bunny thing was throwing at you it was more pithy. The storytelling was better. I, you know what I mean? some of it. The Muppets yeah. and Bugs Bunny were good, but He Man cartoons sucked. I know you love the G.I. Joe comic. The cartoon sucked. Cartoon was terrible. Most, yeah. most of that crap was garbage. Yes. And we yeah. loved it anyway. Yeah. So I yeah. yeah. You're giving you're giving you're giving young Bill too much credit, but okay. Uh yeah, you know, I don't know. But there's also the nonsensical irony and service of group thing, which is yeah. good good luck defying that. Good luck getting out of the gravity of this. Yep. Especially to teenage boys. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, which, or teenage girls. Teenagers, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would have totally done this. You know, I, I mean, I would have hungered for the camaraderie. If some boys who I thought were slightly cooler or more charismatic had invited me along, I would have been fucking honored. And I would have hopped to it. Uh, you know, there's a story, I don't know how relevant it is. I'll mention the Spider-Man movie again. When the first Spider-Man movie came out, not the one in the 70s, but the one in like 02 or whatever. The one with Nicholas uh, Hammond? Yeah, Nicholas with the with the uh, Friedrich from Sound of Music. Uh, I w- he dated someone really famous. I read like for years he was in a relationship with some incredibly famous actress. I can't oh, as I say, somebody found that it was Pat Nixon. <laughs> She's very famous, technically. I thought it was Dolly Madison, man. I thought it was Grace Goodhue. Um, Grace Goodhue Coolidge. God, I know her maiden name. How about that? Uh, okay, so I went. Uh, with uh, my friend Adam Stofsky, who probably never listened to the show. Uh, I still talk to him on occasion, though. And we went to see Spider-Man, and I had a homemade Spider-Man costume, don't ask why, and I wore the costume to the movie. And it was like opening weekend. There was a long line outside. It was fun. Everyone was high-fiving me, and some some kids wanted to get their photo with me. I mean, it was a piece of crap Spider-Man costume. No one thought, like, I was an emissary from Fox Studios or whatever, whoever made Spider-Sony at the time. Uh you know, and I was in my 20s by then, so late 20s. So, you know, clearly that stunt thing is somehow part of me or was still into adulthood. So, yeah, I totally would have done this. Um, and I, might, I hate to say it, I might have been a dickhead about it because I was, uh, I was prey to groupthink, especially when I was a teenager. And if the other guys I was with had thrown bananas at the screen or screamed and yelled or done wacky disruptive stuff, I mean, I don't think I would have been outright abusive to the staff, but I would have definitely. Dick, dickishness is a currency, man. It's bad. I would have. I would have spends. been. Yeah, I would have not been a criminal, but I might have been a dickhead. Worth it to Yeah. <laughs> 
No, uh, what about the apocalypse? Uh, look open. Look at the tea leaves. Look at the cleft uh, buttocks of the minion and see if you can discern any uh, way wow. of the future from, from wow. these little inscrutable blobs. Is there any sign of the apocalypse in any of this? You you have an unhealthy fascination with the, the, the hindquarters the elementary of the minions. canal. Yeah, the folks, metabolic folks, processes. Do not look at the search history on Bill's computer because you know it's out rule was it rule 32, rule yeah. 34? Yeah. You know there is minion butt porn out there and someone, I am not going to google it. Someone wants to jerk off wearing that little goggle, that single eye goggle oh thing that god. they wear. Oh my god. This fucking world. Uh Jesus. We fucked it. Big, big time. Um, okay, yeah, this might be the apocalypse because, as I said before, if this is culture, if this is like stay current in the world, know about hashtag gentle minions. You know, if this is what passes for news or culture or things that people need to know, if this is what people are talking about, I mean, like I said, it's fine to go and do the stunt, but the fact that anyone cares, anyone's heard of it outside the kids at your high school. That's the problem, right? And especially now when we're trapped, we're trapped in the amber of this meaningless, insubstantial, you know, uh, pointless minutia at the expense of like, you know, the world falling apart. Sorry to be negative. Uh, let me just say at the expense of what matters. Uh, how about that? So that might be our doom. And, uh, you know, we'll get to the fallopian scale, but I'm, I'm reminded of a recent topic, the, the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial. You know, look, uh, gossip goes way back since time immemorial. And unlike these stunts, gossip has always been talked about in newspapers and stuff. But if you recall, one of my criticisms of the absolute obsession with her Depp, not only are we talking, you know, that was the main story, but the number four story was, you know, Clarence Thomas, you know, took part in the insurrection. Great. That's lovely. Uh, but one of my problems was I actually think the details of her Depp were pretty boring, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of celebrity divorces, this one didn't even, other than, than Amber Heard apparently pooing in her bed, there really, it wasn't that exciting a story. The details weren't sticky. The details weren't that interesting, but people were treating it like it was. So, like, that's my fear. When something is treated like a big deal and there's really nothing there, that all culture becomes surface, fleeting, you know, hey, look at that, that's it. Yeah, that that, uh, that bothers of, me. Yeah, that sense of um, equivalence to everything, where it's it's all weighted equally. Um, yeah, it's really difficult, especially if not even equally. Have. That that the stupid stuff is treated more. But like I said, I mean, it's apples and, and oranges. But like that number one story was her Depp, and number three story was Clarence Thomas. Yeah, this, it's it's not apples and oranges. It's fucking apples and, and smelted manganese. You know, from the from the core of the earth. You know, but I I don't think that this in and of itself is is um a sign of the apocalypse, but I will park my RV camper in the region of um, this idea that we're seeing the evolution of TikTok continue to play out in real time, which matters because TikTok serves a very different series of needs than Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and Vine did at the, at the peak of their own relevance, the maximum relevance. And I can't even say with any certainty what the impulses are that are being catered to by TikTok, you know, and it's like, but it, it's sort of bathing us in gamma radiation, in, in infrared light. <laughs> it's hard to say because it's invisible, but younger people understand it in, in ways that we can't. And again, 
what we're dealing with in terms of TikTok is transient. TikTok is what it is today, just as it was Snapchat, I don't know, three or four years ago, and that was a thing maybe five years ago at this point. Um, and it will be something else three years, you know, as, as, the, as the whitening gyre uh, spins, the inheritor to TikTok will be something that another generation winds up using that has its own lingua franca, its mm-hmm. own its own code, and it'll achieve different ends and it'll it'll you know it'll cater to different needs in a way we can't quite understand. So for all I know, you know, gentle minions may be the the prow of the ship, the thing that is sticking above the water, but like TikTok could be doing a lot of heavy lifting for kids in ways that you know, transmitting bad values or weird values. Yeah. Uh, to, to to younger people who you know just wind up speaking this language natively. I mean, Christ, think of the stuff that we learned in the late '80s and '90s that our parents, like in the analog days before the internet. Stuff that we understood natively about the world, which seems a lot slower then than it did now. and what Oh, we knew, it totally was. And what totally we knew was. was infrared light to our parents where they couldn't read stuff that was that yeah. bl- that blunt and that broad. And it's like, this is yeah. 10 billion D times faster than that. Yeah, it's it's the, the pace of cultural communication change. I mean, Marshall McLuhan would be, spi- would be is spinning in his grave. Tanaki Mato Lina. Bill, are you uh, at all jealous of the gentle minions phenomenon? Is does the green monster of jealousy uh, plague you as concerns this topic? I don't think that jealousy is the. Look, all right, let's say instead of talking about jealousy, what we did in fact take a poll of in this segment was a sense of befuddlement or nonplusitude then it would be off the scale you know mm-hmm. it'd be good it'd, use of nonplussed by the way thank you heavily yeah. misused word you i mean nonplusitude isn't a word but i but I, I muted my own correct the, the yeah. meaning of nonplussed was there the correct yeah. meaning thank yeah. you good yeah. job uh yeah that 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 would have me more loquacious and, and, and eager if it somehow but no i mean yeah. there, there's no jealousy about this it's, it's just again something that is Congratulations, kids! You know you you were looking to throw me and Noah off the trail, and largely yes. you did that. You really specifically cr- us. It was all about us. Yeah, this was about us too, yeah. and, and the minions themselves too. Everyone was like uh, getting up on us with this shit. So yeah, I mean, I I don't quite know what we're looking at. I'm inclined to just throw it off as something weird, and 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 wonder. It's like, well, why did this become the news cycle this week? Because it's it's like. You know, you, you had deaths, you had misfortune, you had misery, you had, you know, political intrigue, you get everything. And it's like, and yet this winds up something that kids are dealing with rather than engaging. Well, I mean, I don't want to kids. Say that, I, know, on, I don't want to say they're not engaging with the world. This the is the problem isn't that the kids do it. The problem is that the New York Times is writing about it. That's my point. The, the kids Times doing is, it is fine. The, the, the New York Times culture desk has a gun to its head because <laughs> because they think that they need to somehow not just it's not legitimizing this. They have to look at it and have to say, oh, you know, when they write about Gru on the second reference, they have to call him Mr. Gru, you know, like <laughs> like Meatloaf like, was Mr. Loaf, right? Mr. Loaf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, but they did do that. But that was that was facetious. They actually did that on purpose because it was facetious. Right. But yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I'm not jealous of this at all. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I'm jealous of a lot of things kids do, but I don't want to see this movie. I wear a suit as much as I want these days, you know. Uh, so, I mean, sometimes these phenomena, I'm like, man, I wish this had been around when I was a kid. You know, I would have loved this. But I don't feel that at all now. I mean, I did plenty of fun camaraderie stuff that I think I enjoyed more than I would ever enjoy this. So, yeah, I don't, I don't care. 
And that brings us to the felonium scale. As it tipped does. before, you spoiled it yes. before by letting people know well, we were going to do this. Yeah, because if you're listening the first time, we have something called the felonium scale, named after Jimmy Fallon, who we think sucks all manner of horrible things. And basically what we do is we compare... We, we don't explain this often enough, Bill. We compare this week's topic to other topics if everything were on a scale. So I don't know. I just I see this as something completely unimportant that people seem to care too much about. And I worry that it's a degradation of our culture when these completely unimportant things become important. So I thought of like some YouTube stars. I thought of Markiplier and Emma Chamberlain. You know, they're all right, but they're really not ready for prime time in my mind. So multiply those two, Markiplier times Emma Chamberlain, and divide by Dumois. Now, I don't even remember what Dumois was. Gossip but reg. It, uh, I knew gossip. it was something like that. Right. So like, who cares? Who cares? Does it matter now? Totally unimportant, but people seem to care. So, so here it is. Markiplier times Emma Chamberlain divided by Dumois. Wherever that puts you on the scale, the XYZ axis, that's where you find hashtag gentleman use. It's somewhere right now outside the, um, uh, what do you call it? The solar winds with Voyager 2. That's where it winds up. When you <laughs> extrapolate it, it's in the same XYZ position in outer space, outside the effect of the sun. That's pretty cool. Good good by you by getting there, by the way. All Thank of you. NASA's computations, it t- takes all their computing to figure out where it is. And you just like exactly. with it through. There's an entire department in the Pentagon. Uh, is NASA in the Pentagon? No, no, NASA's, uh, they're down in Virginia somewhere, but. Uh, is in the Pentagon in Virginia? You know, the, the, the Pentagon is in, uh, right outside, I think it's in Arlington, yeah. You know what, okay. in fact, I'll put it this way, if you, it's it's Ptolemaic in the way you just uh, computed the, the circumference of the Earth by putting posts in the ground and measuring the shadow of the yeah. post. That's that's what that's, you just did, you know? Yeah, it's exactly what I did. Yeah. That's, I, I, hey, I got four PhDs, I got to do something with those things, so right? I, I can't, rank, like, I'm not, the easy thing to do would be to somehow rank this alongside the actual minions itself, you know, because that was just as dumb as That would not be, you would get sucked into a wormhole if you tried to do that. <laughs> but I, it's, uh, it's like the, what, what did I go, oh, recently, no joke, I Googled, I Googled the internet. Because I was trying to determine when that word was first used. Canceled, so I literally yeah. Googled the internet. And I was afraid I would just get sucked into my computer if I did that. It canceled it out like a, an, yeah. 80s, an 80s cartoon. You got sucked into yeah. Turbo Teen or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I it, Look, this is a disparate cultural entity than the uh, minions themselves. But, you know, actually, I would be inclined. And again, you may think this is being uncharitable, but I, I'm going to incline it. I'm going to equate it to another talk. And I thought of sea shanties, which, granted, may have had a more positive impulse that came out of it there was something an element of creation in terms of people who were i think it's, i think it's way more interesting than this i don't think it's shanties. no i don't think it's any more interesting but i think really that it, yeah, is I a, it is a it is a look i mean let's in this in the in the nut graph the log line it is a talk born of strange underpinning and t okay it's a yeah. talk yeah so there yeah, you go it's a talk yeah that's uh all right bill so that's it for this week uh what else do people need to know well, if you'd like to find past episodes of this podcast, 
Look on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet to us at Show. Write to us, it at gmail.com. Give us a review on the aggregators. We would certainly love that because we like seeing, uh, we like being reflected glow of love from everyone who loves us. We, we like being aggregated. We need to be aggregated. That's kind of yes. my thing, too. Yeah. 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 Bill, Bill's search history is minion butt porn and Ag- aggregate aggregation porn. Aggregation, yeah. There's some like acronym like BDSA. BDS. Find yeah, something in aggregation. What does wait? What exactly is uh, uh, b- uh, bondage, discipline, sadomasochism? Yeah. BD- BDMSMA. A, bondage. Yeah. And aggregation. Discipline or domination, maybe. Sadomasochism yeah. and aggregation. Aggregation okay. at the very end. Right. <laughs> okay, you figured out, people. BDSMA. I don't for this. They got their own flag now. So I am on Twitter at William Scurry. My uh, video content, my essays, everything that I do that's fun, that I put out in the world, my art is on YouTube at youtube.com slash amcaesar. And Noah has things he would like to speak to you about. Take a knee and listen. <laughs> Take a knee, please, because you don't respect it. Uh, bigquizthing.com. I run a company called The Big Quiz Thing. We're America's premier provider of corporate and private trivia events. Back to, you know, back to mostly in person. Love it. But still doing virtual uh, you know, summer's filling up. Let us know. We're traveling again. We're all over the country. Got a new website, only a few weeks old. Very proud of it. Check it out. Take a sample quiz. Follow us online, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I am also at Noah Tarno on Twitter, but, you know, it's just random musings. A lot of politics. Be warned. Okay, everybody. Until the next Natalie-dressed episode of this show where we go into a theater and uh, get handsy with the staff, we, we don't, don't get, get it. it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2022.